When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Yeah, that's right. The most interactive show in Minnesota sports is back. It's Vikings Ventline with the full crew here. Dex is doing a, doing a version on the weekends, too, so you can always uh, slide into his inbox, VikingsVentline at gmail.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, who's worked up, by the way. Yeah, see he's... the text messages he's been Oof. firing off to us. And oh, our executive producer I'm Declan Gunn. Brawling with Kirkstan still. <laughs> still. Uh, yeah, we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. That's what we that's what we say at the beginning of every show, and we mean it. It's been 60 years. Uh, the, the goal here isn't nine wins. The goal is championships, and the Vikings have a lot of work to do to fix a roster that hasn't been above 500 in 700 days, and yet here we sit, we're like six hours into the quote-unquote legal tampering period, and there's been, I think, five or six top centers and guards fly off the board. We'll get into all of it. Um, This show is presented by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands with a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. So, all right, this is a uh, this is a great day to overreact to things because you see all these names flying off the board. The Vikings need a center and a guard. Unless you think Garrett Bradbury is, you know, on the verge of a huge turnaround and we don't know what Quasi and Kevin O'Connell think about this team, but I think and I think you guys agree they need a center and a guard for sure to give Kirk Cousins the best chance to play at his best. Brandon Scherf, gone to the Jaguars. So much for wanting to play close to home. Jaguars money is abundant and speaks. Jacksonville, Florida is nowhere close to to home and a hellhole, but good for Brandon Scherf. But he's, I I haven't seen the full contract yet, but. He's very rich. He's fine. Yeah, he'll be living Uh, on a golf course. Lakin Tomlinson is one of the top three guards that was on the board, according to Pro Football Focus. He signed a three-year, $40 million contract with the Jets. Ben Jones is sort of the elder statesman center on the board, and uh, he went back uh, to the Titans two years, $14 million. Roger Saffold, Buffalo. Brian Allen, who is the, uh, the center for the Rams that Kevin O'Connell worked closely with, he stays in L.A. three years, $24 million. Mason Cole parlayed, I don't know, a handful of okay games with the Vikings. At best, yes. Into a three-year okay. deal with Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, Xavier Woods is not an offensive lineman, but he's gone to Carolina, three-year, $16 million. And then Austin Corbett was the one, I think, he, so he's the starting right guard for the Rams. 
and uh, he's in his mid-20s. A lot of people kind of circled him, too. And so that might be a logical fit with Kevin O'Connell. Uh, Carolina came along with some money, and now he's a logical fit with Carolina. So there are still guards on the board. There are still some players that could fit what the Vikings want to do in terms of a zone run blocking scheme. Uh, you know, just to throw a few names out here. Let's see here. James Daniels plays right guard, played right guard for the Bears zone blocking scheme. Uh, I with Andrew Norwell is a left guard. So it depends on how much they want to shuffle. Right. But he's available probably for a reasonable price now that Jacksonville uh, has spent a bunch of money elsewhere. So yeah. I don't know. I know, Judd, you've been freaking out via text message all day. So you go ahead. The floor is yours. Well, first of all, I'd like to take th- this time because you know what? The sun going down, it's getting late. I'm technically on the clock, but off the clock. And so I just decided that my night's going so crappy that I went to the, I, I went down the street to my nice. liquor store and I'm going to take this <laughs> chance with an entire pack here, a six pack of Surly Furious to mix my thoughts in with a pour straight from the can. Are you going to drink all of, the of these like during the duration uh, event? Line, we're going I will have spent more on my on my cans. I will show you my cans show right cans. now than the Vikings will on free agency because they've got no room. <laughs> so I'm just going to pour this and uh, talk about the fact that, look, I'm not panicked, but, I mean, this is what happens, and this, this goes well beyond Kirk. Uh, this is what happens when you have no room. And I thought that they might have, like, Hunter done today or or – Something where where it's clear, and they probably have some of these done, done behind the scenes. An, They've got some stuff yet. done behind the scenes. Absolutely, but the point, but the point is, this is what happens when you don't have cap room, and by and I am fine with that. That's the thing. This goes back to our conversation this morning. Excuse me while I take a sip right now of my <laughs> surly furious IPA, which is delicious. Shameless, look at you. Just I'm sh- I'm shameless, shame, and, shamelessly and, ranting, and and plugging. I need Sponsors. it. All my friends, all my friends there, Omar and and our guys. Anyway, um, this goes back to the conversation that we had this morning about this, which is if you had taken this as a reset year, I wouldn't care right now. I'd be like, of course, they're not going to do much. Like they're going to create some cap room and they're going to make some moves. But this is where, and we don't have this. This is where I would love some clarity. What are you doing exactly? Because the move last night, indicated to me at least on the surface that you very much think that you're in for 2022 well if that's the case you're paralyzed right now because of the cap which i get i just this to me seems to be what rick tried to do which is you try and build for the future while trying to win now um and i don't think that that works so this is where I don't get what the Vikings are doing currently for, and it might become clear. I don't know, but it is a question mark, Phil, as the list that you read off, we continue to get guards flying off the shelf. Um, Kirk Cousins needs a big time line. Well, well, there's a few wild cards here, like, and we're just not, there's some things we aren't going to know until training camp starts, or I would say at least until like off-season camp start maybe sure. in, in May. We don't know what they think of Wyatt Davis. Why Now, in a perfect world, Wyatt Davis, who they the last regime drafted in the third round to maybe be a plug-and-play starter, right? Like, there, I mean, there, there, were some, yeah. there were some smart people that had him as a borderline first-round grade. Obviously, Mike Zimmer didn't quite see him as that because he yeah. basically 
shoved him off to the side for so, the entire eighth season. Round grade. Mike Zimmer, who wasn't making eye contact with anyone um, the last six months. Yep. So, like, if they think Wyatt Davis can jump in and just compete for a right guard spot out of the gate, then it would explain, yep. oh, then they're not going to be active, you know, with even if they and, – and by the way, there's there are plenty of easy paths to get, like, 25 or $30 million under the salary cap. And I'm sure they have plan A, B, C lined up right now involving Daniil Hunter here, there, involving Adam Thielen here, there. There's some simple restructures they can do. So getting getting under the cap is not a problem. Mm-hmm. But I think the question is, as you get under the cap, there's teams like the Jaguars and Jets just throw ridiculous money at players that you might be interested in. Uh, but the good news is to upgrade over Ole Udo and Garrett Bradbury doesn't take that much. Like, you don't need Brandon Scherf to upgrade over Ole Udo. You might just need a league average guard and all of a sudden now, you know, it's, it's, it's better than what Kirk had in front of him the last couple of seasons. So, uh, and by the way, if you want to join Vikings vent line, you can hit us up Vikings vent line at gmail.com and we will send you the invite. We're also popping people's comments up on the screen. We're going to get to uh, a guest here in just a second. I'm um, just looking through some of these comments. I think I feel, and we're, and we'll do a ton of Kirk stuff here tonight too. I know a lot of people have thoughts and opinions on, the contract extension, but I think it's hard to really like, I know people are going to freak out and overreact to the first five or six hours being silent. You got to let this play out. Like I, you, you got to let this play out for a few days and see what do they do with restructures? There's probably some trades out there that they could potentially make. There's still free agents they could sign. So I'm not going to sit here and do the, Oh my God, they haven't done anything in the first five hours overreaction thing. You can, Judd can do it. You're already kind of doing it. Well, the top guards being gone does not scream to that, that there's a coherent plan here. So you're saying that their plan had to be Brandon Scherf or no, I'm saying, I'm saying they had an opportunity here to lay out a plan that would have allowed them more cap room that that would have allowed them a complete reset at some key positions they are they are doing the same thing that rick did serving two masters and what i'm saying is to me that does not work well but i don't think we know that yet i mean they could sign james daniels or andrew norwell tomorrow and okay well if they do that if they do that if they do that that's great but if okay, they don't, but if they don't, I'm just telling you this is this is the the um, problem with collaboration and with the Wilfs in, involved. I'm not going to allow them off the hook right now. I have high expectations here, and part of that is being focused. And I feel that there is an ultimate lack of focus because you have too many people trying to be involved, and some of them aren't football people; they're fans. I would say where I agree with you is. I think you have some different agendas behind the scenes and from things that we have been hearing. Yeah. The Wilfs really want to keep pushing. And they even said this in their initial you know, press release when they fired Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. Right. They really want to keep pushing. And I'm not saying that Quasey wants to strip it down and like tank, but I think, I think, you know, you enter that job and you're looking at the salary cap situation and you've, you know, Whatever you think of Kirk, like thirty-four-year-old quarterback that has one playoff win, and you know, it's just it's a good time. And by the way, nine or ten quarterback needy teams that are willing to at least engage in trade discussions. It was just a really easy, no pressure time to take a step back and reset. And they chose the opposite, right? Which is why I now need to see them build an, an offensive line in front of him that's absolutely outstanding. Yeah. 
because he needs that. And that's fine. Like, just just pick your path. So I think what we want to know from people tonight here as you jump into the show, we'll shut up here and, and turn it over to the audience. But yeah, I'm going to have some more Shirley. <laughs> we want to know, A, what did you think of the contract extension that the Vikings and Kirk Cousins agreed to? And B, what do you think the expectation should be now that they have locked into two more years of Kirk Cousins in 2022 and 2023? Phil Mackey, Judd Zolget, executive producer, Declan Goff. This is Vikings Ventline, part of the Purple Daily umbrella of Daily Vikings Entertainment. And uh, if you could be so kind as to click the subscribe button and the like button on this YouTube video, you can help spread the word to other Vikings fans that we have a nice, fun community of Vikings discussions every day here. So I think the one thing we get pushback on, especially because even though we've been doing a show together for like eight years, and we've had some massive disagreements on things. It's been that long? Okay. I yes. mean, it's been over eight years. Wow. And we have thought about things that we have been mostly in lockstep on our opinion about Kirk Cousins. And so people complain to us, mm-hmm. you got to bring more dissenting voices and dissenting opinions on the show. And so we figured, what better person to bring on the show than a man who has taken Vikings Twitter by storm over the past couple of months? You? A man who is a self-proclaimed or the self-proclaimed number one Kirk <laughs> Cousins fan, Joe Spinoza. Welcome to Vikings Ventline. Oh, I am so excited to be here. I hope you guys can hear me all right. You know, yeah, We can um, hear you. And to confirm to the and listen, we don't like program our show just for Vikings Twitter, but for the people on Vikings Twitter that said, <laughs> that's not a real person. That's some sort of a Vikings Twitter bot sent to just antagonize the uh, anti-Cousins. This is a real person right here, folks. Joe Spinoza, the number one Kirk Cousins fan. I decided to wear a nice shirt for you guys, but I have right here there you go. my Kirk jersey. <laughs> I have a Washington one. I have two Washington ones upstairs. So, yes. Oh, my God, dude. So you have more Washington Kirk jerseys in your uh, in your office than Kevin O'Connell does. We can confirm O'Connell has one signed one, at least, in a frame. That's framed, so, yeah, that's very nice. I don't have that kind of money, so we'll see. Hopefully I'll get one one of these days. So, all right, so for people that don't know, so Joe and I, and I'm sure Joe and Judd, have been sparring on Twitter over the past, I don't know, two, three, four months. And uh, and so let's, I don't even know, like, it's hard because if it, it'd be nice if there was, like, one hypothesis statement that we could say, all right, here's the statement and debate it. But, but like, the statements are kind of nebulous. We could say, you know, Kirk Cousins can or can't lead the Vikings to a Super Bowl. It's like, well, I mean, it's hard to debate that. And so I guess what I propose is let's go back and forth. Let's throw out like all I've got, you know, some some core sort of key tenant reasons why I think Kirk Cousins uh, should be a thing of the past for the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm sure you've got a million different rebuttals to that. And Judd and Declan have thought. So I don't know, unless you guys have a better way to structure this. I think we should just like throw out takes and then give the other party a chance to rebut the takes. Let's do it. Sounds cool. great to Your me. Your thoughts? Okay. Let's give the floor to Joe. Give us give us a take. Give us some background. Tell us why we're idiots or wrong. And then and then we'll uh, we'll go back and forth. We'll kick it around here. All right. So I I think I should start off by saying how my love for Kirk Cousins started because I am from Boston, Massachusetts, born and raised here. Patriots fan growing up, watched the great Tom Brady. So let's take it back to 2012. I am 12 years old, and the Patriots are coming off their second Super Bowl loss to Eli. 
And the Patriots had a soon-to-be 35-year-old quarterback who seemed to be somewhat regressing. Our chief rival, the Indianapolis Colts, lost Peyton Manning to the neck injury. They were going to move on. They were going to draft Andrew Luck. So I was thinking, I like to always think forward, maybe the Patriots could try to find Brady's successor. So I was scouring, you know, watching film, watching interviews with all the different quarterbacks. Obviously, the Patriots weren't going to draft Andrew Luck or RG3. Then there was Tannehill, Brandon Whedon, Kellen Moore. Uh, Russell Wilson was one of them. And then there was this, uh, quirk, uh, you know, nerdy kind of kid from Michigan State who I was like, you know what? That guy reminds me of Tom Brady. And I was just watching clips of him, like watching that? what he played. You like that? I remember that game against Tampa Bay. 2015. And um, I said, this is my guy. This is the next Tom Brady. Okay. And I followed his career ever since. So that is the origin story. Okay. So you're, so you're, for Kirk. so you're about to present points about Kirk Cousins rooted fully in emotion and a connection that you made uh, when you were 12 years old to an NFL player. All right. I just want to get that out there for, uh, I was like, no, my, my opinions always on this show come with zero bias and full objectivity. Okay. Just, just so everyone's fully, fully aware of that. And uh, well, one last thing I'd like to say about my background is my favorite sport. And I, I love three sports, baseball, football, basketball very much, but baseball is actually my number one. And so I like to come at things from an analytical perspective. So I will come with, you know, numbers and reasons. But my main takeaway is that Kirk Cousins is firmly in the group of quarterbacks. And with Brady and Deshaun Watson now back, I think that there is 13, 14 guys who are franchise quarterbacks. And you can win with those guys. And coming from an analytical perspective – because the NFL obviously has a salary cap, which can be manipulated. But looking at it from a cap perspective, I believe that you pay a premium for guys who must be on the field for every snap. That's why I believe in paying for offensive line, and I pay for quarterback along with dominant edge rusher and lockdown corner. Those are the areas where I pay a premium because those guys have to be on the field, and you cannot manipulate your scheme in different situations to have them come on and off the field the way you can with running backs or secondary players or even linebackers. So that is why from just a purely, you know, detached perspective, paying Kirk Cousins to be your quarterback is a very rational and, you know, reasonable position, whether or not you're as high on Kirk. And, you know, I don't think Kirk is the best quarterback in football with, Brady back and Deshaun Watson there. I have Kirk at seven or eight. Okay, I have that's Kirk a, at seven or eight. I was going to say, high, but it's not ridiculous. Well, it's, it's funny because the one of the first things you said was you kind of you said there's like 13, 14, 15 franchise quarterbacks, and I, it, the funny thing is, for as much as the Kirk Crusaders and the Kirk haters go at each other, most people think, and I think you're on the high end. Most people think he's between like ten and fourteen. You're a Kirk extremist, and so you've got him like seventh. There's some people that I think are out of their minds the other way that have him like 18th or 21st. But we can all agree that there's like 14 or 15 guys that you can trust to lead your team competently. They're going to get out there, and they're going to know what they're doing. And he's definitely in that group, Joe. So, Joe, what has kept you going back, though? Because, I mean, 2012, you're 12. This is, what, nine years after that? Um, 
like you've seen him play a ton then. So I guess what I don't, what I'd, I'd like to know, I should say, is what has kept you loyal to a guy who puts up, I mean, he does put up good stats, but the lack of, of success in key games is startling. So I'd be curious, like, because at some point in time, I, I come off of guys or I start to like them more, but that's a huge sample size to stick with, with the guy who has not even sniffed a Super Bowl. In, in his career. So what's the answer to that one? So, like I said, I grew up a Patriots fan. So let's just say from 2006, seven, that's when I really got into football. I was like seven, eight, six, seven, eight years old. My sure. first memory was Tom Brady getting intercepted in the uh, 06, 07 AFC championship game versus uh, Indianapolis. And I've watched pretty much, you know, I'm not going to say every single one because of course, you know, stuff comes up, but let's just say 90% of Patriots games since 2007. And I've also watched every Kirk Cousins game since 2014 was when he uh, became like a part-time starter. And then 2015 is when he took over. Okay. Hold on. How many, how many Kirk Cousins games have you watched back? Like either in full slow motion or all 22 cam? Like how (laughs) full full slow motion. I don't go full slow motion, but no, I I do. I I get the all 22, you know, just I'm, I'm a fan. And I, and to answer Judd's question, yeah. is and I will say that I will be critical of Kirk and I I've written for various like Boston blogs when I was in high school you know early in college and I actually did somewhat by my standards blast him after week 17 for Chicago so I am not completely blind to bad Kirk but what kept me watching Kirk is the fact that I really don't think in my lifetime that you can pick you know Five or f- five even. Well, actually now, you know, going back then, I would say five. Now with Allen and Mahomes, there's a lot of great guys entering the league. But let's just say at the point, you know, f- three, four years ago, or now, you know, let's say eight guys who you could say replace Kirk and your team is definitively going to be better. And I love the way he plays. He does remind me a lot of Brady. And even bad Kirk is similar to Brady. And tell me if you agree with this, because I think that a knock on Kirk from a fan perspective is that when he's bad, he is so unesthetically pleasing to watch (laughs) because it's not even running around in excitement. It's not even taking a chance. It is just dump off and sack. And it's very boring to watch. It could be 60 minutes of watching paint dry. And I can get how that's infuriating for fans. But what's kept me is he is had a problem with sacks and fumbles. Those have drastically reduced despite a bad line. And he is always taking a step forward. And I could see him being at this level or even better with this coach for another five to seven years. So Joe, can I, I give you a snapshot of the difference between Tom and Kirk? Cause I, I love Tom. Like Tom is, Tom might be a bad guy. He might be a great guy. I don't know, but I love him. I, I, I mean, the difference in my opinion in covering Kirk and having been around Kirk and watching Tom, I've never covered Tom, is this. And I've said this on both shows before, and to me, it's what defines greatness, especially in quarterbacks. Tom Brady, when adversity hits, absolutely takes off and thrives. He gets a look. He starts to play with an edge. I can't describe it, but it's an intangible that I can see, and I love it. Like, things go wrong, and he's just like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. He leads. Snapshot, okay? 
Kirk's game against the 49ers last year. He threw that pick. And it wasn't a great pick, but picks happen. Like, they just happen. They're going to. And he imploded within himself. And and Brady would have been like, bleep this. Here we go. And he would have galvanized the entire thing. And with Kirk, I literally think, and I'm not being a jerk here, I think he was mind bleeped beyond that game by that pick. Because previous to that, he had been statistically unbelievable. So, like, in watching those two guys play, there are so many things about Brady I admire and I like that I don't see in Kirk. That doesn't mean that Kirk does not have arm talent. That does not mean that Kirk's not good. But there is a difference, in my opinion, in wiring of the brain, if nothing else, that sets Tom Brady apart. A couple things real quick here. i got to jump in because we have breaking news. You're watching Purple Daily. It's Vikings Vent Line with Mackie, Judd, Declan, and... Joe Spinoza, and the Vikings have just signed Harrison Phillips, defensive tackle formerly of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he just came off uh, four seasons. He's 26 years old of uh, above-average play defensively for the Bills, and I assume this means that Michael Pierce is probably gone, but I have not seen that announcement. So yeah. the Vikings have signed a free agent, defensive tackle Harrison Phillips, and the deal is for three years, $19.5 million, according to NFL media um, real quick just to so I'm going to I'm going to take what Judd just said and I'm actually going to quantify it here because I also come from an analytical background and a baseball background and I love the way that uh, the, I love the way that Joe approaches it analytically I just disagree with some of the numbers that that you look at and so I would say this on the on the salary front yes positions matter quarterback to me quarterback offensive line but specifically tackles and center and also, I think wide receivers are, 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 are more important to pay now than they were 15 years ago. Defense, you nailed it, edge rusher, et cetera. But if you start to look at the cost value of quarterbacks, like let's take like the 15 or 20 quarterbacks that we think are franchise guys. Some of them are on rookie contracts. Some of them are Hall of Famers like Tom Brady with a supermodel wife who makes $50 million a year. And so he can make $25 million a year and they can still feed their kids. If you asked NFL GMs, you know, I'm just looking at like all the cap hits right now just for 2022 uh, on OverTheCap.com. If you said, all right, we're going to start a franchise today and we're looking to win a Super Bowl within the next two or three years. If you can win it this year, awesome, you know, because Tom Brady is not getting any younger. If you need a couple years, cool, but you get these quarterbacks at their current cap hits for the next two or three seasons. And then you get to build a roster around them and everyone has the same, you know, finite amount of cash, $208 million or whatever it is. I honestly think there are 14 or 15 quarterbacks that would go before Kirk. And, and hear me out on this. Joe Burrow, $9 million to Kirk's. And Kirk's down, he's down to $31 million now from 45. So it's, a, it's, it's better. 45 was never going to happen in the first place. But Joe Burrow at nine, Kirk Cousins at 31. No brainer. Justin Herbert at $6 million versus Kirk Cousins, 31. Now, I think Herbert's better straight up. You might argue that he's not. We need more sample size. But Justin Herbert. Value cost at $6 million compared to Kirk at 31, no-brainer. Kyler Murray at 9, Lamar Jackson at 3, Josh Allen at 16, Stafford just, you know, we just saw that with the Rams, $23 million. Russell Wilson's cap hit with the uh, Broncos is 24, Tom Brady 25, Derek Carr 25. I would take Derek Carr at 25. Uh, It's a little closer with Kirk making 31, but I would take Derek Carr. Patrick Mahomes, I don't really care what he makes, quite frankly. Uh, Dak Prescott at 20. 
I would take him over Kirk at 31. Mac Jones at three, not as good as Kirk, but but I get $30 million to spend on a run. So where I'm going with this is, yes, he makes less money now than he did 48 hours ago, but when you compare the Vikings to all these other teams, they're still at a disadvantage building their roster. Ultimately, it's on Qua- right, this is the circumstance. So Quasey, you got to be better at drafting than Rick Spielman was in certain areas. Uh, KOC and your coaching staff, you got to develop offensive linemen better than Mike Zimmer did. So I look at the cost value and say it's still, even with the discount, it's still putting the Vikings in a tough spot with a guy that needs help to overcome his own deficiencies. You know, we're in an interesting spot now because, you know, let's just take it from when I started watching football. Let's just put that at 2007. And I really got into the game around 2011, 2012, you know, as I got into like my teen years. And Brady and Manning were the best quarterbacks. Rodgers came along and really emerged as elite in 2010. And then there was Drew Brees, who was very good. But the best quarterback by far was Brady, and he artificially suppressed the market. And then there are good, but not all-time, all-time greats, you know, like Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers. Now we're seeing Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I think those are the two guys. And then you could say Burrow and Herbert, who are some of the best quarterbacks to enter the league in over a decade. And they're on rookie deals. Well, now Mahomes' extension is kicking in. Josh Allen is on the last year. uh, Yeah, this is his fifth-year option. Mm -hmm. He is going to sign a massive deal. Same with Deshaun Watson. So when you take a snapshot right now, you know, today is March 14th, 2022. You know, we can argue whether Kirk is, you know, 10 or 14th in terms of quarterback value. You know, 10 10 to 15th, however you want to phrase it. But going forward... You're going to see Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray ask for $50-plus million a year. It's going to get ridiculous. And that's why, you know, and I I did a little bit of research before this. I just looked at first-round quarterbacks since 2010, and there are 33 guys, not including Jordan Love, because we don't know what he is. And I didn't do 2021. So 2010 to 2020, out of the 33 guys, five guys are home runs, the guys I mentioned, you know, all-time, Hall of Fame, slam dunks, probably, you know, as good or better than Kirk, day one. Then you have five guys who you can play and they might not be quite as good as Kirk, but you can get good production out of them and they're on a rookie deal. And then you get uh, about 10 guys who I put in the meh category. And I was pretty nice on that. That's like Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. I put his meh. So I wasn't, you know, grading them very hard. Yeah. And that was nine guys. And then you had 14 abject busts. So you have a 15% chance of hitting a home run, a 15% chance of, you know, getting on base, and then, you know, the rest is a crapshoot. Mm-hmm. So do you want to take that risk? And that's why, you know, I trust this new regime to not spend $30 million on two defensive tackles. Well, now, now we paid Harrison Phillips, you know, that might be out the window. So, I mean, something's got to give between Pierce yeah. Tomlinson and um, now Harrison Phillips. And I like Armand Watts, too. Um, so, so hey, re- hey, real quick, Joe, because we do have to get to some other yeah. guests here. And by the way, I just want people to know that this is a safe space for Cousins Crusaders, just because we disagree. Listen, if Joe, if you want to come on, I've, you know, I, we haven't done a lot of vent line this offseason, but if you want to come on again, you're more than welcome to. Give us, give us 60 seconds, you know, and there's more. I know there's more meat on this bone, but we do want to, we got a full room here. We do want to get to some other people. So give us like 60 seconds uh, of more thoughts on Kirk Cousins, and then we'll, we'll, we'll pause it for another time. Okay. No matter what you want to say, seven or 10, 11, 12, Kirk Cousins is a clear franchise quarterback. 
it's very hard to find them. And you have one at a reasonable cost. The team is not drafted particularly well outside of Justin Jefferson in early rounds. You know, you whiff on two draft picks. The offensive line isn't great. And I think that you have to make hard decisions on guys like Dalvin Cook, Eric Hendricks, Anthony Barr, guys, you know, Vikings fans love. But you have to build a team around him. And Kirk Cousins, disappointed in 2018, but 2019 to 2021, he has helped the Vikings to achieve whatever they could have. And I think that with one more offensive lineman and a couple guys in the secondary and value signings, the Vikings can compete for a Super Bowl. And as long as you get in the round of eight, you got a chance. And I think that that's a reasonable expectation. Joe Spinoza, the number one Kirk Cousins fan. In the United States of America. <laughs> All right, Joe. You get next next time you have to actually wait. You have to wear yeah, one wear of the jerseys it. and then hold the other one up. Maybe wear you can get Washington like a one. split Washington and Vikings combo there. Far. But all right, Joe, we'll do it again. Thanks sometime. so much for hey, having me, guys. I appreciate right. it. Hell yeah, Joe, Joe. Spinoza. Um, I think I think there's just like a lot of fundamental. Like he is representative of like the diehard. He's also younger and probably hasn't been through as many like iterations of for sure Vikings football because he's not a Vikings right. fan. He's a Kirk Cousins fan. Right. Um, but. Like, he thinks Cousins is the seventh-best quarterback, right. not including money. I don't think he's anywhere near there. That's a fundamental disagreement. I mean, I don't know, you know. Dex. Here's where I, I would um, – I feel for Joe, and I, I side with him to a little bit, because I'm going to put myself in his shoes when I was eight years old becoming a Vikings fan. Um, I love, <laughs> love, love, love Dante Culpepper. Dante Culpepper is my guy. No, no matter what, no matter how you want to spin it to me, Dante Culpepper will forever be my dude. And you get to these fandoms where you attach yourself as a young fan and you just kind of continue to kick that can down the road. And was Dante Culpepper at a perfect quarterback at all times? No, there was some disastrous seasons as Dante Culpepper as the quarterback. But he also had a few years sandwiched in there where he legitimately looked like an MVP candidate and, to Joe's point, a franchise quarterback. The issue, I think, with Joe's argument is is then, like for my side, I have I have put myself as a, as a football fan – on some terrible quarterbacks, dude. I have mentioned to you guys how much I love Kevin John Cobb. Da- John David Booty. John David yeah. Booty. Kellen Moore, for God's sakes. I, I thought Kellen Moore could still be a stud because he was such a winner at Boise State. And it's okay to have that fandom because that, that's what makes you a fan. So I, I don't want anyone to ever just crap on someone because, hey, you love someone so much. No, that's what makes you a fan, and you should have that type of love. But I also believe you need to kind of, as you get older, realize – what's worth picking a battle on and what's worth really fighting for over an athlete. And that's kind of the funny line you have to try to walk as a fan. So quickly, um, and, and Phil will completely get, get this, and I think Dex will as well to a certain point. So Declan, you're exactly right. Like Joe was 12. He loved Kirk. That's awesome. And and again, Kirk is a talent. I mean, we've said this a million times. Kirk's a talented quarterback. But as Phil can attest, um, and there's no – getting around this when you start to cover teams and players you know more uh that doesn't make you like smarter but it means that like kirk like i can't tell you enough articulate this enough when it comes to mental wiring kirk cousins and brady have nothing in common no I, no I, yeah yeah but, but but i'm saying but i'm not trying to put joe joe did a good job and <laughs> Chad remembers being a fan of ty cobb that's good um <laughs> that's, that's awesome 
<laughs> Cody, like I remember Cody, Cody, I love you. That's now that's funny. That's good. Now, but come anyway, on, come on to the ballpark. Georgia Page. He's got a spike Thomas Wagner at second base. Um, but anyway, so and, and Joe did a great job. He did a great job of uh, basically laying out his case. I appreciate that. Um, but again, Tom Brady looks at adversity and laughs and eats it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then Kirk looks at it. it. Yeah, he does. He say, but, but he does. Caresses it. <laughs> but but I mean, how how do you explain that? Like that's true. And, and Phil, you you saw guys that were the same way. Yeah. Like a lot of this depends on how you. It's not just your talent. It's how you process things. I grew up a Tarkington fan. I love Tark. To this day, I love Tark Carew. I love Carew. If I had covered them, I guarantee you, one thousand percent, my view on them would be different. Yeah. So, but Joe yeah. did a good job, and I appreciate that, and I'm glad to, to Phil's point that this can be a place where we can have intelligent conversations because that place is clearly not Twitter, and that's okay. Too. I think, yeah, I mean, like, I think, I hope that's the main takeaway here is we're not. Sometimes people accuse us of like, no, you're right. You guys agree on this, and you're. You know, you're not willing to have a dissenting voice on. I don't know. Have we ever once, like, screened someone for a dissenting opinion ever? On No, it's just I'm glad Joe came on, and we'll get Joe on again sometime. I've got a bunch of follow-up thoughts to that, but we can – we have so much time. We can do that tomorrow later on the show here. Um, let's let's just buzz yeah, through. through. Looks like Ben in Florida is next out of the gate here. Nice. Yeah. One of the OGs okay. of Vikings <laughs> vent line. Ben, so good to see you. The two main questions here are, how do you feel about the Kirk Cousins extension through 2023, and what should the expectation be? And anything else you want to chime in? Um, well, first of all, um, I'm really, I'm really glad Joe is a real person because I was concerned that I was arguing with a Twitter bot, which makes me feel really silly. <laughs> that was an actual case. So I'm really glad Joe is really glad you brought Joe on the show. It's always nice to get some different opinions. Um, the extension. I don't have a, necessarily have an issue with it. I have an issue with the no trade clause. That is, I just don't, I think that is just a, we're just going to lock ourselves in for two more years. Like you don't have to do that. Like you just, if you wanted to lower his cap hit for this year, I get it. If you're not sold on this quarterback class, I get it. Um, but the no trade clause to me is, you know, kind of the head scratcher in all of this. And, my expectations are he has to win a Super Bowl. He has to win this year. There's, I don't want to hear any more argument about the stats. He did this, he did that. Kirk Cousins has to win football games this year. That's the only thing. Um, now, I love a little conspiracy. Here's what I think has happened. I think the Wills want – I think the Wills pushed the idea for them to extend Kirk Cousins – I think Kevin and Quasi uh, were hesitant. So what I think has happened is they came to an agreement on this particular extension, and Kevin and Quasi are going to – well, they're not really doing, doing much right now, but they're going to put the best possible roster out there around Kirk Cousins. And if he falls flat on his face, I think Quasi and Kevin will go to the Wills and say, see, this guy can't get it done. He has a new coaching staff. He's got a new general manager. He has everything almost working in. He has the win at his back, and he still felt flat on his face. Yeah. And I think they're going to completely go Jared Goff on him and say, get him out of here. So, uh, you know, I think 
I think your your instinct about the Wilfs having some involvement here, even just going back to the initial hirings, is is accurate. They also were absent enough last year to not really know that the GM and the coach weren't speaking to each other for like eight or twelve weeks. So they they might feel a need to overcompensate a little bit and put their fingerprints on some things here. Um, you know, I think there's a reason why this Cousins contract thing went down to the final minute, basically, before, you know, the free agency tampering period opened up. But, and this is from, you know, Cousins hater number one, right? It's not that bad of a contract. No. I, I, I would not have signed it, and I would I would prefer to have collected, if, if the Vikings had offers on the table for, like, two second-round picks, I collect that, and I move into the next era of quarterback play, and I find it, this is the thing, like, well, why can't Cousins be the bridge quarterback? Well, he can. But if you can collect a couple second-round picks for him or a first-round pick and then find another bridge quarterback that's cheaper, I mean, like, that that's the win-win. So that's, like, it's its kind of a weird half-commitment. It's like, we're going to commit to Kirk because we think Kevin O'Connell can work well with him, but we don't want it to be three or four years. Yeah. And quite frankly, maybe Kirk doesn't either because he's yeah, been able to maximize were, his were, value doing it this way. If it were three or four years, I would seriously question – this new football regime right now, like right now. So that's what do you guys, but my, my issue is, is this, it has nothing to do with like Kirk per se. My issue is what do they want to do? Cause, cause like, it's not, it's not, well, Kirk can be the bridge. It's this premon. It's this feeling that they're insisting now on, we're going to run things back. And I would say, no, don't. And that's why I go so far outside the scope of just Kirk, right, Ben? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, who do who do you want here? What's the future? Um, because if you are just going to run things back, you are literally going to do what Rick Spielman and Mike, to a certain degree, did. Um, you're going to have some successes. You're going to fail. But you don't have a clear vision. And that's where – so, like, I'm so far beyond just the Kirk, Kirk, Kirk thing. I want to know – Kirk was brought here with the vision of – right or wrong, winning a Super Bowl, which I was all for. But what's the vision now? And that's what I'm curious about. And we really don't know. We just hear, well, we think that we can win now. And I say, you think, but you don't know for sure because, like, you are you don't have a clear view. This I'm, I'm very – I'm growing very concerned about who's telling these people what. And I'm growing concerned that the people that are supposed to be in charge of, of football ops – only have a say and don't have the final say. I think it's does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I go back to this. I think that three of thirteen season scarred the will so badly. Hmm. I, I think yeah. they saw they're, that yeah. and they just they're like paralyzed by that fear. Yeah. yeah. We will never sink that low as a franchise again. Although they almost got Andrew Luck out of that. So you know yeah. it's, it's you know I I think that that scarred him a lot. So I think the Wolves are just terrified. Although I personally would not mind sitting through a four-win, five-win season. If, on the other hand, you get a 13-win season and a 14-win season. So that's just me. Yeah, that's Ben, we me. love having you on, man. Thanks for your voice, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll get you on awesome. again next time we, we we fire up Ventline. All right, let's let's roll through a bunch here. Sure. Dex, who's next on Vikings Ventline? Let's go to Adam. Adam, what's up, man? Welcome to Hey, Ventline. can How you guys you? hear me okay? Yeah, what's yeah. up, Adam? Here you go. First time on the oh. show. I've been listening to you guys for a long time. You guys are my therapists. Love you guys. Awesome, dude. Um, Thanks, Adam. Yeah, uh, I, I want to share a few things. I have a little uh, three points I thought would be interesting. Um, 
first of all, I have a friend from Minneapolis who just moved to Norway and he's been out of the loop with Vikings news. So I hear from him for the first time last night. <laughs> first time I heard from him actually was when Quasi and KOC came on. And then he, he says, I got these two pieces of information on my cell phone tonight back to back. Brady is returning and Cousins has been extended. <laughs> he was like, I'll see you back from Norway in a couple of years. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. You know, I love it. Just the epitome of it. But um, I actually was living in DC for uh, while Kirk was the quarterback there. And I didn't, you know, I've been a Vikings fan my whole life, grew up in Minnesota, but I was living on the East Coast for a while in New York City and then in DC. And so I went to some of the games and I actually was completely over the moon when we signed Cousins because I saw him play for the, well, the commanders. And I, I said to myself what I think everyone said back then, which is like, if he's in a team, if he's on a team as good as Minnesota, he's going to light it up, you know? And it's funny because in hindsight, now that I've watched him both in D.C. for a number of games and I've been to quite a few games here in Minnesota now since moving back home. And it's he has this weird relationship to what I would call breakthrough moments. It's like sometimes when there's a moment where the pressure is really great and the anticipation, everyone is sort of collectively rooting for him to have this massive breakthrough that sometimes he cowers in those moments before that moment. And in other times he like explodes through them. It's, it's this really weird phenomenon. And it's like, he has this unsettled relationship with whether or not he can be the breakthrough guy in those moments. Yeah. And it's, it's not as simple as that he can't rise to those moments and do them. It's that he it just feels like he's not sure if he can or not, you know, and then, you know, when he has them, it's like, everyone's on board and everyone loves him because you're, you're, you're rooting for that guy. He's kind of has this weird underdog thing, but then there's so many times where he doesn't. And you're like, come on, man, just believe in yourself. And that's my observation watching him in person a lot. You know, our friends at Valley Park Medical Clinic might have a remedy for that because they are dedicated <laughs> to providing breakthrough ED remedies to men in the greater Minneapolis hey. area. You know, Valley Park is the only clinic in Minnesota. When it comes to, you know, coming up a little short, Performance-wise, okay, <laughs> Valley Park is the only clinic in Minnesota to use the True Pulse Protocol, one of the most effective solutions for ED available. I am not saying that the quarterback has ED. <laughs> I am just saying when it comes to performance anxiety issues, men, okay, <laughs> valleyparkmedicalclinic.com. The treatments are surgery-free, drug-free, and non-invasive. That's valleyparkmedicalclinic.com. I think you've hit a Adam – Thank you so much for that amazing tee-up of a, of a partnership read there. And I think his points, real quick, about, like, Kirk doesn't have a ton of reference points for peak success, right? Like, people laugh because I bring up, like, high school, he never came close to a title. In college, I bring him close. Right. Like, he, you know, Tom Brady, once you, you, know, once you do it a few times and the team kind of carries you a little bit in the early 2000s, right. like, now you know what it looks and feels like. He doesn't have a whole lot of that. So it's, it's not shocking sometimes when he goes into a little bit of a shell when the pressure mounts, right? When opposing teams find a way to pin their ears back on the road, big game against San Francisco playoffs. Like he doesn't have reference points for overcoming things like that. That's also ingrained too, though, right? Like you're born with, with that. And Brady just has that and, and great, uh, great athletes who can lead do. And some guys just don't. I, I mean, his point is perfect in the sense that it does seem like at certain times as the pressure mounts, 
Kirk is like, can I, can I, can I? And the San Francisco game I'll go back to was a perfect example. Before that, statistically, he had thrown what, like what, Phil, two picks all year, some ridiculously low amount. And that was a bad pick. But, you know, again, it's going to happen. It's a long year. And it paralyzed him. And he actually grew like, oh, my God. And you could see it into the next game. And that's where I don't think that there's a reference point there that, that would change that. I just think that's Kirk. Um, because if you had Kirk's talent and you put you put Brady's head on Kirk, you'd be phenomenal. Like, I, and that's the thing is, people don't understand that as an as a arm talent, we think Kirk's fantastic. Uh, some updates here on the Vikings' activity or lack thereof. So they did they did sign uh, one of the better. Not tier one, but Harrison Phillips is one of the better interior defensive linemen available in free agency. He's 26 years old, coming from the Buffalo Bills. He was ranked as the 15th out of 110 interior defensive linemen, according to Pro Football Focus last year. So uh, nice little season. Vikings signed him three years, about $19 million. And according to our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson, the Vikings did make a push for Austin Corbett, who's Mm -hmm. one of the better guards on the market but they couldn't quite match the three years and almost $30 million that the Panthers gave him. Because and that's what you said. They don't have cap space. Two weeks ago. So. But that's what you said, is you can create cap space, but so can everybody, and a lot of teams started yep. this process with more, and that's part of the problem. Yep. All right, who's next? Vikings Vent Line. Please click subscribe and the like button if you're hanging out with us here. Dex, who do we got? Scott, uh, let's go to Evan. Evan, what's up, dude? Not too much, guys. How are you? What's Good going man. on, man? Cheers. You know what? I'm I'm not feeling too too excited about this this uh, the way this Vikings offseason has started. Just to backtrack and uh, address some things Joe was talking about with the Brady comparisons, I think Judd hit it on the head. They're wired completely differently, but Brady is light years above him on on the field play as well. When it comes to pocket presence, he has some of the best pocket feet in the league. Would he, he doesn't scramble out of the pocket, but he just steps left, takes one step up, shoulder fake. It's little things like that that buy him an extra half second, second, two and a half seconds in the pocket. Makes light uh light years a difference. Yeah. And there's there was a there's a series on um on Twitter I saw earlier where um Brady was going into a play action and literally whispering the coverage in the Leonard Fournette's ears um before he went out for an option route. So he would hike the ball, tuck it into Leonard Fournette's uh hands and say cover two cover three so pre-snap before their their you know secondary has even rotated he already knows the coverage so that it, that comparison was nonsense but good thing you guys had him on because i didn't think he was real either um <laughs> they were like the breaking news tonight is you know, forget you know about like the defensive the, the, the breaking oh, yeah. news is like oh my god joe spinoza is he, a real human joe kind of looks like his picture a little bit too <laughs> and joe is the first catfished. guy to appear right. on our, our show better hair than declan oh <laughs> whoa 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 whoa, whoa. Phil, oh, those are no, fighting words dude. That, that fighting is not okay words, dude. phil <laughs> phil Joe had the hockey flow, man. Joe I mean, had the flow. hockey flow going. Look, you got good hair, dude. Don't get me wrong. But Joe had the flow. That was really good hair. Yeah. I think, he, pr- I, I, I think he had take, a special. Oh, he's got. I think Joe had a, had a special prep for the show that, that Declan didn't have for the day. <laughs> so good. But, um, yeah, I, I think when it comes to the to the Kirk contract itself, um, I'm really disappointed in the no trade clause because um, – I do feel like the 
the Wills have their hand in on, on this extension, and they really force Quasi's, Quasi's decision on that. And the fact that they don't really have, like, an ejector seat button into this contract, because I, I don't see this, this, season, this season coming up being super successful. There's just not – they're too dependent on what they're going to do in the draft, and I, I don't think there's enough left for free agency to put this roster over the top with all the holes in it. So yeah. I, I'm not feeling super confident. Evan, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate your you, takes. Let's keep rolling here. Vikings vent line. Vent line. Vikings vent line. Yeah, you are. Hey, What's you are. going no, on? You're on. You're on now. <laughs> what up, guys? What's going on? What's your What's your take on life with Kirk Cousins? I, I, life I'm, without guards. I, I'm done. I'm, I I can't do this anymore. I've dealt with Cousins for four years. Four years. I've dealt with it. I'm done with him. You seem you seem emotional. Yeah. Yes. You all right? <laughs> yeah, because I've seen uh, Blair Walsh miss the kick. I've yeah. seen Favre throw the pick. The Vikings going downhill in the Philly game after the emotional win. How about ninety eight? Too young uh, for that? I was too young for that. I was nine. I was born. Well, 95. then you got nothing on us. It's kind of amazing, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of like my generation grew up like ninety eight was the big heartbreak, and then there was yep. people older than me that were Darren like, oh, you haven't been through anything. I went Washington. through four Super Bowls, and now <laughs> you got. Now you got the Gen Zers who are like, I saw Blair Walsh miss a kick. And our generation's like, let me tell you what I what I've seen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, so you're so what? So you're out? You're just done? I'm, I want to get these two years out of with Kirk and just move on. I need a new quarterback in here. All right. Well, by the way, and Trevor, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. This contract doesn't prevent them. This is where it's like it's not what I would have done, but it doesn't prevent them from drafting a quarterback in 2023. Now, does does it prevent them because they didn't trade him from having more draft capital to maneuver in 2023? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason why I don't like it. But they could draft a quarterback in the quarterback-heavy 2023 draft. Absolutely. There's nothing preventing them from doing that. And then, he, you know, that guy sits behind Kirk for a minute, and then, you know, you say goodbye. So, I mean, that's, I guess, my silver lining. With I don't agree. I don't necessarily agree with what I've seen so far of what they're doing. But to be very clear, I am all in for watching it. <laughs> you ambulance chaser. Well, it's, yeah. but seriously, but the Vikings are never boring. My hair, you know what? I will. Chasing. It's true, but I will give the Vikings this. They're never boring. Yeah. No. All right. Vet line's never boring. Let's keep rolling here. Go to uh, Peter. Peter, what's up, man? Welcome to Bentline. How are you? Here's, here's my chart for Joe. Let's pop this up here. S- Super Bowls, zero. <laughs> Playoffs wins, one. NFC North titles, zero. Okay, now do Brady. That That's about how I feel. <laughs> it, it's, it's as simple as that. You play to win the game. You don't play to get a bunch of stats. You don't play to, like, feel good about the nice guy, you know, who's never met a three yard check down on three and eight that he didn't like. It's like, I love the Kevin O'Connell. The idea of Kevin O'Connell could be awesome. But at the end of the day, Kirk Cousins won't throw the ball unless it's wide open, right? Like Case Keenum was like, had the biggest lucky horseshoe up, you know what, that whole season. But that dude just chucked it around, like had no fear. We scramble too. Cousins is just afraid of life, of being like being wrong and like 
and then he gets paid all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, he did he did secretly film somebody in a hotel lobby tonight and put the video on his Twitter account. So like he's you know he came he's getting a little bit more dangerous, I think, in life. <laughs> It's like it's LFG. It stands for something. It ain't frickin' frickin'. Uh, <laughs> so great. Like, Print the uh, shirts. I would. I mean, like the they did it for whatever. They they're these guys are super smart. It's very unfortunate because like we all. The reality is like I don't think we're any closer to a Super Bowl today than we were yesterday or the day we signed. Well, maybe the day we signed Kirk Cousins. There was hope there, yeah. but we've seen it all. We've run it back. We've done it all over again. You can't sign a guard. You can't sign a, a credible uh, center to protect the guy who can't throw the ball when somebody's in his face. So you can't stop that from happening. Maybe Wyatt Davis is like, you know, the next coming, and none of us just know because Zim didn't want to put him on the field. But, like, the odds of that, right, 25% maybe if we're lucky. Yeah. No, um, Peter, yeah. Peter, I think – thanks for coming on, dude. I think you're I think you're expressing a lot of the same feelings that, you know – I. I I think Peter is very level-headed and uh, represents a huge chunk of the fan base. You know, keep rolling here. Yeah, let's keep let's doing go. it. Let's go to uh, let's, get it. let's go to Henry. Henry, what's good, dude? You got to unmute yourself. On the th- hey, what's up, go. guys? What's going on, dude? How are you? Hold on. Can you hear? I got to my TV, so I oh, couldn't oh. see. <laughs> wow, this is. Hopefully it's a TCL TV, one of the world's yeah, best-selling consumer behind. electronics brands. No, I'm here in Portland though, and there's a um there's a bar and they have TCL TVs, and I saw it and I immediately thought of you guys. <laughs> Damn right they do. That's right. Absolutely. Smart people out in the Pacific Northwest, their TCL yeah, TVs. No. <laughs> and craft beers. <laughs> so Henry, what's your what, what what are your feelings here today? Well, you know, one, one half day into the tampering period, a day after the Kirk Cousins contract. You know, I'm not really excited about it, but also, you know, I'm still going to be a fan of the team. And if I have to support Kirk, I'm going to support Kirk. And that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's very fair. fair. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, it's, I'm just hoping that Kwesi and KOC got something planned because I agree with you guys. I don't think it's going very well at the beginning. And I'm kind of nervous. Dude, you know, think about this, like, and Henry... Don't be nervous. Surly Brewing Company can help. Right, man. <laughs> TCL yeah, I get your my beer. I finished Henry. it before I got on. Henry. I wanted to give Judd a cheers. Henry, for... come on, man. Where's your beer? Sorry. Go in the fridge and get one. It's Wait, our fault. We keep I, rambling. I bring and... it downstairs and grab it, but it's all the way downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you guys. All right, we'll get Henry on for sure again sometime. I think real quick we'll get to somebody else here. But you know, think about all the plates that these dudes are spinning. Quasi comes in. KOC, they come in kind of late, right? They and they get these jobs. And oh, by the way, uh, you got to figure out the franchise quarterback contract and or trade, and deal with all the variables involved with that. And then like six or seven other players as you try to negotiate who's staying, who's going, what's your cap space, and all the free agents that you may look to sign sure. or not, right? Like it's just it's a lot to take on these last four weeks. It is, but it comes, but that all comes back to what what we discussed on the emergency Kirk episode last night which was this is why it would have been perfect to say let's take a step back to take a step forward this feels like they're this feels like they've decided to add 20 plates to the spinning without a really good reason for it yeah it's complicated all right vikings vent line continues on here about an hour into the show let's go to is it Minshew's cousin are you actually related to gardner Minshew? uh no that's a reference to a joke that you made like two years ago that oh, sure. 1,700 people will not understand. At all. <laughs> so, um, 
since Joe brought out the uh, the Cousins jersey, I got on my OG Favre jersey. There you go, man. dude. That has been with me for like eight years, never going away. Wear this every game. Pieces are in place. The pieces Absolutely. are in place. All healthy, all play. Did I throw that ball to Percy? Yeah. Maybe. God, I love Brett. He's the best. He's the, he's the most entertaining person to watch. Just like sidelines or, like or listen or listen to or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk about was like, so we're shifting for Kirk Cousins, but I wanted to look at like the, the macro of it. And what you guys have been talking about is like this, this year should have been a reset. And I have an example of what it should have looked like. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a fan of the Chicago bulls. Right. And from 2015 to 2017, we were kind of where the Vikings were. Like we were middle of the road. We were sneaking into the playoffs. Like we could beat, you know, bad teams, but we couldn't really compete. And then in 2017, we traded Jimmy Butler. We hit the reset. And then we brought in a new front office. And we went from legitimately one of the worst teams in the league to a top team in the East. And that's what the Vikings should have done. Is they should have like took a step back, yeah. traded assets, and then built it back up. And then now they decided to go all in and win now. So I guess we'll see how that pans out. Yeah. No, that's – yeah, the Bulls are an interesting one. And, by the way, that's uh, that stings because I hated that <laughs> trade. As a Timberwolves guy, <laughs> that's the best part. would have really preferred to see Zach Levine and uh, and that. But yeah. I think the Wolves finally it's nailed their new plays. Love that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's ridiculous. You mean this guy right here? A little Zach Levine Zach for you? Zach Levine bobblehead. <laughs> this is how it should have been, Phil. I know. Okay. I, li- I like what they have now. You got to see Wiggins, Cat, and Zach Levine in the All Star game. And they didn't even get on the court at the same time because no Wiggins one cares. Already now he he's bad now. So <laughs> he was good. Now yeah. he's bad. Minshew's cousin. I like where you're going there. Thanks for coming on. We'll definitely awesome. definitely get you on again sometime. All right, who's next on Vikings Vent Line? Yeah, a couple more here. Let's uh, roll with Logan. Logan, what's up, man? What's up, guys? What's up, dude? What's up, <clears throat> man? I'm. I'm really irritated. <laughs> I saw the news. I was at work when I saw the news of the cousin's extension, and I literally let out an f bomb. Uh oh. Yeah. Hope oh, you're Boston here. No, I was in the back. I work in a restaurant, so I was in the back, and I was. Yeah, <laughs> you're dude. serving people. And then uh, I saw Palafero's uh feed on my uh my Bleacher Report, and uh, said no trade. I just wanted to beat my head against the wall. Yeah, dude. I, I, you went to a tap and just pu- pulled it and put your mouth down there. <laughs> I really wanted to. So, <laughs> so as long as he's the quarterback of this team, he is doesn't he's number eight for me. I'm doing the Parcells thing when uh, Owens is on the Cowboys. <laughs> you're not you're not going to speak his name. He is, does not have a name. I like the protest. I like the protest, Logan. Uh, thank you, and, and congrats on not getting fired when you when you heard that. I'm glad he wasn't actually devastating move or uh, news last night. <laughs> um, here, by the way, here is more mm-hmm. information from Ian Rappaport on the Harrison Phillips contract. It is so it's a three year, nineteen and a half million dollar deal, eight and a half in year one, with thirteen million guaranteed overall. So. Obviously, that's eight and a half million they don't currently have. So Michael Pierce has to be to here. has to be gone, right? Well, like, Pierce no is gone. You know, they're trying to keep three of them. Yeah, and 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 they they have, I'm sure, three or four different iterations of plans and stuff. Like they don't have to be cap compliant for two more right. days. 
So, you know, they're lining this stuff up, trying to see what the money is, and then and then I'm sure they will restructure and maneuver accordingly. Gotcha. We'll see. All right. Let's go to All Derek right. here. One more. Derek, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we got you. Cool. First time uh, calling in. I've been watching since uh, the draft last year, I believe. Awesome, awesome. man. Um, awesome, man. So I just kind of hopped on here, um, and it, this might have been said already, but I kind of felt like, Right after they hired uh, Kevin O'Connell and and Quasey, it was like a breath of fresh air into the franchise. And ever since this news broke about Cousins getting extended, I just it just feels like kind of like we're just running it back. And it's just the past three years, just it's the, the same old thing. It kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just a bummer. So yeah. so here's my so I agree with that completely. And here's here's why. Mark Wilf especially said two things at the time of the changes and one I really liked and one I didn't like. The one I didn't like was, was basically this, I think that we can remain competitive. Like they were just going to pick up the ball and run with it. Okay. In sports, there's, there's times that you have to stop, take a step back. But what he said that I really liked is the culture is going to change. And yes, that's Mike, that's Rick for sure. But, there is nothing more important in altering a culture than what goes on in one room in your building, and that is the locker room. That is the most important place. So, like, I can change the cafeteria culture. I can change the hallway culture. But that room, that locker room, is where you, to, to use your phrase, get a breath of fresh air. And this team, it didn't take a genius to watch it and say, they have sort of just hit a wall. Like, we could argue about why. But they've hit a wall. The culture change thing I really liked, and it's cliched, but I don't care. And that's that's where I don't like this whole thing about we're going to change. You know, Zim's gone. It changes the culture. No, that involves players, too. And sometimes it's not even their fault. But there is a breath of fresh air when you bring in new players. But their gamble, their gamble is Mike Zimmer by the end, whether it was all his fault or not, he was such a toxic figure behind the scenes. Toxic enough where guys like Eric Kendricks were coming out the next day and referring to the previous culture set by Mike Zimmer as a culture of fear, right? A fear-based culture. Yeah. And so I wouldn't underestimate even, again, do I advocate running it back with the same locker room? Not at all. I just want to be clear. But I wouldn't underestimate bringing in a new, more player-centric and modern coach and the amount of work that he can probably do to bring guys together and to just get guys like the Vikings look like, and this sounds stupid, but like it matters. They look like a miserable, joyless team last year. Mm -hmm. They didn't look like they were having fun. Mm -hmm. You know, if if Kevin O'Connell can change some of that, then, then I think, I think it's a big deal. Sorry, Derek, go ahead. Remember in 2017, that was one of the more likable teams that the Vikings have had in my life. I mean, I'm 30. Zimmer was a part of that. I feel like I just wonder how much, you know, everybody kind of dumped on Zimmer at the end, but I, I wonder how much he just couldn't stand that they signed Kirk and it just changed his overall thinking and, and just, you know, brought brought him down to a place where he was just grouchy about it for, you know, four years, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, they, they were a super likable, good team before Kirk Cousins arrived. 17 was fantastic. You're exactly right about that. That was a yep. very likable collection of people. How yeah. unlikable would this team be without Justin Jefferson? They took on the the personality <laughs> of Kirk Cousins. It's just he's yeah. just a it's, blah it's a good guy. Observation, man. 
Yep. No, Derek, thanks for coming on, man. Some good okay. observations. And we're, we're here as therapists. He's right. For you guys. He's yeah. exactly right. Those are really good um, on point. Nothing else as of right now. It's possible there may be some more signings tonight. And if there are, we will definitely hit them in the morning on Purple Daily. But any quick, just uh, you know, we're sort of in the middle of all this here. So it's hard to have, for me anyways, to have like a super pointed take on their free agency progress because they haven't. No, it's not over yet. I, I don't have a take. I have an observation, though, and that is, again, that our our viewers, um, listeners, are fantastic. Like, I love the fact that we bring on – because as a guy that took f- phone calls, and Phil, you, you did too, you got a lot of different phone calls, a lot of different viewpoints. Some of them were good. Some of them weren't. <laughs> I feel like the, re- the reception was always garbage, but yeah. <laughs> and I, feel, but I, but I feel like, as a credit to the people that consume our show, I feel like consistently when when we do this, we get great, great opinions and takes, and we don't agree. But who cares? What we do have is a very smart group, and in sports, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah, no, this is, uh, it's been a blast, man. This is, we just, you guys just helped us get to 39,000 combined YouTube subscribers between the Purple Daily and Score North channel. So thank you. Uh, our goal is to get to 50,000 by the end of the year and make Declan ride and brush a horse. That's Wait. The... I thought that was supposed, that was a 2021 thing. Oh, we've carried it over. Yeah. Oh, was that Sorry, another executive? Yeah, you, uh, I want to talk about Dex's hair more. Executive voted. producer. <laughs> Crap on Declan's hair. What else? You have, can to, spoon, crap spoon, you have to spoon on. with a horse. Much like down. cousins, I said you have great hair. I just said Joe Spinoza had really good hair. Mm. It was the first person ever that I've said that about on our show. You have great hair, dude. You're like cousins. You're you got great skills. Mm. I feel like De- Declan feels that. personally attacked yeah, by I, that. You I, know I, what? And like, he has not bounced back yet. You know what? As Judd has uh, offended me before and, and even like thrown his his displeasures towards me as a coworker as a friend. That that's up there. That might be like the most I'm sorry I'd like to, I've taken I'd the, like I've to apologize and I would like to remember everybody out there I'd like to tell them Surly Furious IPA is where it's at. Also we should probably shout out that uh Scott Hall is a legend. Rest yeah, in man. peace if you are a 90s or 2000s wrestling fan. He's young. Razor he's young. Ramon. Yeah, he lived a he lived a hard life, yeah. but uh, he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. A really? staple of my childhood. Oh, if you get sad. a chance, Judd, if you get a couple more Surleys in you, go watch the WrestleMania 10 revolutionary ladder match between Razor oh. Ramon, Scott Hall. I'm sorry and, to hear uh, that. Shawn Michaels. You, think, oh, you, you want to talk, right, you talk about good hair? Razor that, Ramon, Razor Mount Ramon. Rushmore of great hair, dude. The he curl he that put toothpicks on the map, too. Yeah. Yeah. No. So... If, right. if you want bad hair, just look up here. That's right. That's some bad hair. To if you want no hair, who's got two thumbs and no hair? Although I shaved yeah, my choice. But it looks good on you, so. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of Vikings Ventline. We'll be back. We got you covered all week. Regular episodes every day and emergency episodes when necessary. Phil, Judd, Declan, see you guys.